It's exciting time to be back in our new home. Is this the first time for somebody being in here? A couple? Yeah? Good. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, we're excited. We're still getting things tweaked in and stuff. And uh, I, I can't wait to see what God's going to continue to do as we grow in just, not just in here, but out of here. And I'm talking about not so much in size, but in power. And so the title of our message today is The Power of Purpose with God. I was a real cool leader and didn't even know God's going to give it to us like that. But, you know, a lot of times what I want to want to say is today is, you know, we were looking at the last few weeks. We were talking about the peace that we can have in the Lord Jesus Christ as we're going through things. And today, a lot of times I, I want to uh, say that, you know, things don't always work out the way we think or in our time frame. Matter of fact, when I talk to folks, a lot of times I get this question right here. Why am I here? Has anybody ever felt like that sometime in your life? You say, well, why am I here? Or you might get this. What difference can I make? And even this. How can God use me after all I've done? And so that's kind of where we're, we're jumping in today. I want us to know that God will work in your life right here, right now, today. Anybody like fresh starts? I do. You can have one today because God's just that good. and his, his mercy is just that rich that we can do this. So many times when I'm talking to folks, they go, well, you know, I just don't feel gifted in this area. Or I don't I don't you know, I don't play guitar or I don't do this or that. Um, but I want to tell you that God has equipped you uniquely for whatever it is he's called you to do. And what we want to do today is take a little look around through the backdrop of the Bible of different characters in the Bible and what they went through. And how God, through the midst of that storm, God was having a purpose in them, a powerful purpose in their life to strengthen them and to utilize them in mighty ways. Not only to bless them, but usually for the big picture, the kingdom. See, we're very kingdom minded. We're not, okay, KTP does it this way and, you know, just shut the door and open in and out. And it's, it's a kingdom thing. You hear us talk about that all the time. So if everybody's on the same sheet, right, and we're looking to lift up the Lord, then we want to join in with what they got going on. But you know what? It ain't a bad thing to be leading the way, is it? So that's our prayer right there, that we can be that light in the darkness out there, okay? So with that being said, I want to give you a little back, background of the first character in the Bible that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Paul, the Apostle Paul. Many of you guys know that uh, his life was transformed Radically, when he had experience, encounter with God. You know, God will do that. God wants to come into your life and transform you. It's all about that relationship. So I want to give you a little background on here. Now, before I give you, read this verse here, and if you've got your Bibles, you can open it up to Philippians 1.12. That's kind of our launching point. Um, most of the scriptures I have up here, but I always want to encourage you to bring your Bibles, all right? Find your way around that. So this is what's going on in Paul's life at this time. He's in a Philippian jail, okay? And he's writing most of the Bible from jail, it seems like, most of the time. Now, to me and you, we think, how in the world is God going to use me if I'm in a slammer? Let's just break it down, right? You're thinking, how's, how's he going to use me if I'm all locked up? But you know what? God used this man in a mighty way, even from where he was there, where he was at. Sometimes it says, when I'm studying this out, sometimes he was even, even chained to some of the guards. But guess what? They were getting evangelized from the inside out. And you know what's really tough? It's one thing if you end up in a bad spot and, and you did something. But what he was doing, he was sharing Jesus. And people were twisting that and lying on him and ended up putting him in jail, right? As a matter of fact, as we look at this, we know that uh, he says later on in Romans, he says, and we're going to be thinking about this a lot too. I'm giving you just a couple of little pieces that's put a, the puzzle together. Romans 8.28 says this, and we know that God calls us everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. 
Alright, I want you to keep that theme. I'm kind of molding this thing this morning, so I'm going to let you know where we're heading with this. Over and over and over, we see that there's a lot of folks in the Bible went through things just like us. And probably even worse, right? You say, well, why are we talking about that, buddy? Why are we talking about that? I want to be lifted up. I guarantee you, when you look at the backdrop of what others have been through and see how God victoriously rose them up and, and brought them to the other side, he's no respecter of character. He'll do it in your life. He'll do it in my life. And, and everybody in between that's putting their faith and trust and their eyes on the Lord. Amen. So let's take a look at this. I want to go ahead and read this. And he says, I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the gospel news. This guy's in jail. All right. So I want to tell you that, you know, look at the obedience. He's still got his eyes on the prize. Aren't you glad that Jesus had his eye on the prize? When he came up, he shed off the, uh, the righteousness and, and all the, the uh, glory that he had and came as a mere man, right? But he was in right relationship with God. I want you to know that he's fully God and fully man. That's probably for you. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Somebody's phone's going off. They probably say, how do we get to the new place? So it don't matter. Tell them. There it is. I got it. I got it. It's all good. <laughs> Tell them where we're at, Gary. We ain't too busy, man. I want you guys to be yourself and enjoy it. It ain't no problem. Mine will probably go off in a little bit. That's all right. But <laughs> I love this. This is so good. And you know what? Check this out. And all those things that are happening, God is using to help spread the good news. See, sometimes you've got to be able to laugh at yourself. If you get in here and you're all rigid like this and you go, okay, praise the Lord. You know, and you get ready to raise your hands. Go, okay. And then, you know, if your phone does ring, you're going, it must be that lady next to me. That's her. That's her. Because Gary was looking at Denise going, and Denise was going, it's not me. It's all right. It's all good. So even right there, there's a real life application how God can work all the things together for the good. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Now, again, I want to come back in here and talk about, he says, all these things that's happening to me, this guy is in jail. And he says, all these things that's happening to me, hey, it's going to continue to further the kingdom. So it's okay. So guess what? He says, if that's the big picture, I'm just keep my eyes on the Lord. I'm going to keep trusting him. All right. Now, I'm going to give you a little more background of what that everything means. That everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. Let me give you a little background on that. Y'all ready? Some more to write this down. Okay. Second Corinthians in chapter 11, verse 23 and 27. I hope you guys can see that. I'm going to read that off my sheet. This is just a little calling card that our boy Paul had been going through. Okay. Here you go. He said, I've worked harder and been put in jail more often than anyone I know. I've been whipped times without number and faced death again and again and again. Five different times. The Jews have gave me their terrible 99 lashes. Three times, I've been beaten with a rod. On one occasion, I've been stoned by a mob and left for dead. Three times, I was shipwrecked. And once, in the open sea all night and the whole next day. I've lived with weariness, pain, and sleepless nights. Often, I've been hungry and thirsty, have gone without food, and I have shivered with cold, without enough clothing to keep me warm. Man, wouldn't you be able to, to like to say that you've been through these things and you're still smiling? Because the truth of the matter is, if we, we don't get a first parking spot up there, we're going, man, I cannot believe i got to walk all the way from the pool. Over there. <laughs> walk over there to the pool, you know? But you know what? But if you were at the mall, <laughs> but if you were at the mall, you'd be dodging folks going in there and say, hey, it's a sale. It's a sale, man. Let's go. And go over there, especially because especially the Chick-fil-A over here in York County is not open. You know they got one in the mall. So you're like, yeah, I can do that. 
I can do that. You know, I've been praying about that. Y'all pray for that Chick-fil-A. I love that. <laughs> hey, it's a good Christian brother that owns that too. It does. Oh, Kevin, he's a good boy. So what I want to say is, I wanted to really give you the pieces of the puzzle when he's just saying, well, you know, everything's been working good. That's a pretty good track record. Matter of fact, you know, these 39 lashes, I've been reading on that. Man, they found out, like the, the Romans and stuff, they were, they were king in torture. And they would say, if you whipped a man 40 times, it would kill him. So they had a little mercy. They just did it 39 times. But they did it on five separate occasions. Wow. That's going to the, to the 10th power, right? That's leaning into what God's got for us. Let me get back on track here. I want to tell you a little bit more. I want to really set the stage of, of this scripture, what Paul's talking about. Paul's in jail. You know that. But they also say that they call them, they call them the jail epistles or the jail letters. This ain't the only time the guy's going to jail. We find out later. He doesn't know it, but later on he's going to go to a Roman jail. All right? So this is what's going on. It's like 61 AD. He's, he's walking with the Lord. He had a transformation with the Lord. He's been through all these things just for preaching Jesus. Isn't that something? And you know what? A lot of times we don't even want to step out and give somebody a car and say, hey, you know, can you come to church with us sometime? I want to encourage us, motivate us, and show us that God will bless that when we step out even in the midst of the storm. This also is called, in, in Philippians, it's called the epistle of joy. How could it be the letter of joy? He mentions joy like 17 times in this letter. You're thinking, man, it must have hit his head, right? That's what we were thinking when we're reading it in the natural. But know what they did? They couldn't touch his heart. Think about that. They, they, they tore the flesh off. They, they roughed him up. He was shipwrecked and didn't even put in. He got snake bit one time. And even at that, he was persuaded to keep his eyes on God. Amen. So I just want to set the stage with that. That's a good place to say amen. Because you know why? I want to motivate you. He's like, man, I don't need motivation like that. Well, I don't think we need to have motivation like that. But we can look at the cost that others pay so that we can freely share this right here, right now. All right. So you got your sheets. We're going to take a look at that. And we're going to cut right through here. In the midst of adversity, the power of purpose with God is displayed. You think that's a fair statement? Let's read it again. In the midst of adversity, the power of purpose with God is displayed. Have you ever noticed, and I ask this from time to time, and, and I've never really got a different answer. Does it seem like we draw closer to God in the, in the troubled times versus the good times? We usually do, you know? Because when everything's stripped away, and I've been saying this, it comes to one thing. God's the answer. Jesus is the answer. We can, we can try to fight it on our own, and we can try to do things in our strength, but there's times that it's just too much for us. But you know what? We don't have to wait till it gets to that point. God says, turn it over to me now. My yoke is easy. See, that's where it comes out of that relationship. Let's take a look at this. God's glory often grows us through the tough times. That's exactly what we said. We see, have you ever seen somebody that's gone through uh, amazing uh, transformation, something really tough in their life? And you're watching their life and you go, wow, how do they keep a smile on their face? They're focused on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. They're looking at the end result. You know, but so many times we just keep looking and doing and rehearsing the hurt. But God tells us to lift our heads up and our eyes up. Amen. Take a look at this. It keeps us relying totally on him and he fashions us into the masterpiece he desires us to be. We say we're a masterpiece. God tells us in Ephesians 2.10 that we're God's masterpiece. 
All right. But sometimes, you know what? He's still molding our lives, right? We didn't get saved and everything else was just, man, I fit in my 32s again. My wife understood that. I keep saying, does that ever happen to you? You know, I go, hey, you got to ease up on the dryer, you know? And that was like two sizes ago. What I'm saying is that it's a progress. And it's a, everybody laughing over there. Okay. Pastor Appreciation Month, we can move it over a little more. Y'all smile. And I want to tell you, I appreciate everything God says. But you know what? Why does God do that? I want to tell you right now. So we can fulfill the call and purpose he has planned for us. He's working those things together. He's working all those things together so that he can strengthen us, that he can show us that he's faithful. You know, we heard testimonies a couple of weeks ago about the faith of God and how God in the worst possible storm that sometimes we go through. God says, you know what? I'm still there. And everybody else may not be, but God is. So if you don't take anything else away from that slide, I want to motivate you that God will never leave you or forsake you. And I also want to grab a couple of extra Bible examples of folks that had tough times in, in, the, in the life uh, back, way back when. And I want to tell you that it doesn't even change now because we have tough times, right? Here we go. David, the psalmist, right? Soon to be king. What about him? It was a long time before he was from the pastor to the palace, about 15 years on the run. Being, being chased down like a dog, man, wanting to kill him. His folks sold him out and everything else. But guess what? God was using that time to prepare the man's heart to raise up and rule Israel. See, there's things that will happen in our lives during those tough times that could never be worked out unless we walk that path. Man, I don't know anybody wants to sign up for that. I know I don't. I'm just being honest. But you know, when those times come and they will come, Let's keep the perspective of Paul. Let's keep the perspective of David. All right? Let's keep the perspective of Jesus. When he came, he looked at the cross, but he looked through the cross and saw me and you. He said, you're worth it, man. You're worth it there, young lady. And he kept on pressing. You know, sometimes when we come and we serve, we go, man, I can't believe it. How many more coats of paint? How many more of this? Let's look at the end. Right? And that will motivate us. All right? Who else do we got? Esther. Anybody remember Esther in the Bible? I think we might break these out and do some, some, some series on them later. Esther, check it out. She was taken and placed in the king's harem, but used that, pal- pal- that place in the palace, risking death to save her people. They pick her up and say, hey, you're going to be uh, one of the kings in his, in his harem. And things were going on uh, at that time, and, and they were setting up. One of the guys were really hardcore about saying, hey, we're going we're to annihilate the Jews. You know, We're going to take the people out. She got a hold of that and she said, my goodness, what could I possibly do? Let me tell you, it was so strict back then that, that one of the harem girls couldn't even go and approach the king without preparing and, and having an invitation. But you know what? She prayed. She saw the big picture. And God used that woman's life in a mighty way to expose that plan and save her people. How could God use me? How could he use me after all I've done? Why am I here? Look at those lives right there. I bet you they ask the same things that we do. Let me give you another one. How about this? How about Joseph? Joseph, his brother sold him out into slavery, right? Turns around. He's in prison. He's in jail. He's in slavery. But everything he does, because he's got to focus on Christ, he rises to the top. He comes up. He's, he's taking care of the, the guards. Uh, Finances, everything, everything. He's, the, he's right there. And then guess what? He's not even doing nothing. 
He's serving God, and guess what? Tragedy hits. Because Potiphar's wife says, you know what? He, he tried to put the move on me. And he said, no, he ran. He ran. Said, no, no, no. Right? And guess what? Ends him up in jail. From there, guess what? He rises to the top again. It's about our focus and about looking past, the, past what's going on into the purpose that God has, the powerful purpose that God has to work in our life. One more here. What about Job? As soon as we think about Job, we go, oh, man, that guy went through it, right? But look at this. Through all the suffering, the loss of family, all those things, right? He can still say this. I know my Redeemer lives. Do we say that when, when, when you know, the sky is falling? We go, oh, the rent is due. The car won't start. And the baby's hungry. Man, do we follow it up? But I know my Redeemer lives. I pray as God molds things in our heart and we look at examples from the Bible and we strengthen ourselves on the, on the Word of God that we're motivated to look through that situation and look to the one who provides. Amen? All of these things, all of these examples, all of these challenges God's using in their life to fulfill the purpose and to grow their character and develop the potential in their life. Okay? Think about that now. But to do that, we need to be seeking after some godly priorities, right? Is this thing going on? One, two, good, okay. Godly priorities. I'm going to jump through this. We're going to pick up a little speed here. Godly priorities are only found in Him. Okay? In His Word. In prayer with Him. In a relationship with Him. And time spent with him. Now I'm going to kind of break that down a little bit more, okay? We can find God's faithfulness in that relationship, right? God's priority is only found in him, his holiness, and he's faithful. We find that seeking after the Lord. In his word, what do we find? We find direction. That's why it takes time to spend time with God in his word so he can set our path straight, right? In prayer, we find comfort Understanding and communication. Don't forget that prayer is communication. It's not a grocery list for God. I need, I want, talk to you later. It's communication, right? Then we see, just like we're talking about this week too, I'm going to use that as a, as a chance to go back and remind you. If you weren't here last week, I talked about it a little bit. I challenged everybody this month to, to get a notebook or some paper. And when you spend time in prayer each day, after you pray and you talk with God, just do this. Just sit and listen. And I want to encourage you to write down what God is speaking to your heart. At the time, you might say, well, I don't know where that came from. Maybe that's me. Maybe it's not. Just write it down. And over the next 30 days, I want to encourage you. That's a little challenge to get us engaged here, right? And you watch how God starts weaving that in your life. I promise you, God will be speaking to you. It costs him too much not to want to talk to you. It costs him too much not to want to be with you, right? He gave it all. So when we start thinking about that, understand that God wants to communicate with you. One of the things on the slide last time, God delights in revealing himself, right? Look around here. God's revealing himself through the attendance here. God's revealing himself through the ways that he's made a way to give us this place to, to proclaim the gospel. Man, that's awesome stuff. It's amazing. What else do we have? In relationship, we find the heart of God, which is love. See, we've got to understand that everything's based out of love. I want you to understand, he's holy, he's righteous, and all those things. 
We just think, oh, well, I can do anything I want. That's not what I'm saying. But it's based out of love. When God brings correction in our life, it's based out of love. He's looking at the big picture. When God provides for you, it's based out of love. When God, when you think God's not even working, guess what? He's allowing things in your life. He's not causing them. He's allowing things in your life that will make you strong because he sees the beginning from the end. He sees what you can be. He sees what he's molding you to be, all right? And it's a beautiful masterpiece. But check this out. Let's drive it home with this. In Christ, we find it all. In Christ, we find it all. So I want you to understand that God priorities can only be found in him, in Jesus. He gives us direction, hope, vision, peace, and patience. But all of that is found in his son, Jesus Christ. Restoration. If you ever have things in your life that just seem like, man, this thing's coming unglued. I don't know what to do. And then God intervenes. Peace of God, man. It passes all understanding. That's what our boy Paul was going through here. All the stuff that he's been through. He's doing time in the big house. Okay, let's break it down where we can get it. He's in, he's in the slammer. And he goes, man, all this stuff is working together for the good. For the big picture. I've been thinking about what time is lunch? I want to go home, you know? But that's not him. He has the bigger picture. So if we can allow our eyes off the problem Onto the, the problem solver, Jesus. You watch how he works that out. Amen? Everybody's still doing good, right? Yeah, yeah it's good. Well, what does he do? He's developing our potential. I want to talk a little bit about this here. Developing takes time. I said a little bit about this earlier. When we got saved, your brain didn't get saved. Your spirit got saved. And we're, we're separated. God comes in to our life and says, you know what? You're mine. You're secure. I got you. Salvation is, is the work of and only the work of Almighty God. That's a good place to say amen. I got to have an amen on that. Right? It's a God thing. Period. But then he wants to work from the inside out on you. Right? We know that. So it takes time. Let's take a look at this. You ever thought about what the way they develop film? They used to anyway. They take film and they put it in a dark room. Right? Gary knows all about all that stuff. Right? It takes a little time. You got you to have the lights out. You got to have the right temperature. You got to have the right solution. You got to have the right drying process or it doesn't come out. It takes time. Right? What else? A bodybuilder. I know y'all think of that when you saw me, right? <laughs> we need a bigger pulpit, Jimmy. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? You got to be able to laugh at yourself sometimes. But look at, a, look at a, a bodybuilder. They got a plan. They're committed. And it takes time for their bodies to recover. See, a lot of times we don't understand the recovery time. You know? You just don't get saved and a Bible just pops in your head and you go, let me quote all these scriptures. It takes time. And even after you learn them a little bit, you, gotta, you go back and you, and you say, man, let me think about that. But guess what? The Holy Spirit that lives in us and dwells in us, right, brings those things to our remembrance. How many times do you think of sometimes, man, I don't know what to do. And the Holy Spirit goes, pray. And you go, we should pray. You know, that's God working from the inside out. Take a look at this. This is one of my favorite things, too. Baking a cake, right? It takes time to rise. You got to do the layers, right, Grandma? i seen you doing the layers, right? I stay pretty close when she's cooking. <laughs> and she takes all those different things. Then you get, can't put the icing on too early, right? You always put something to the side in case I stop by. That's good. I love it, man. I love my mother-in-law. Y'all know that. But you know what? Even in that, it's a process is what I'm saying, right? That's what's happening. It takes time to develop those things. And it does spiritually too. But guess what? God sees your full potential. See, he sees you at the end after the weight lifting. He sees that beautiful cake, right? He sees that, he sees that great picture. Right? And he takes that and he aligns all those things with his word and with his godly priorities, right? 
And the Holy Spirit continues to mold us just like the potter and the clay, man. Isn't that a beautiful picture? That's what we do with our children, right? We see them. We love them. We love them right there. But we continue to nurture and correct them so they'll be that all they can be. We want them to be prepared when they go out, right? We want them to be able to provide. We want them to be an asset to the community and things, right? And not only that, we want them to see, we want others to see Christ in our children so that the legacy lives on and that God uses their life, amen? That's why it's important as we're spending time that we take this to the kids and we, and we have an opportunity to share it. When I'm preaching, I, 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 don't, I don't preach it up here. I preach it like this. Because you know what? God's word is, is chewable for everybody. Right? We can, we can take it and, and feed on that at any level because God makes it so simple. He did the hard part. If we take the time and just dive in, God will lead God and direct us. Amen? Let's take a look at this. God lovely, God's love, God lovingly nurtures us into the instrument that we can be used for His glory. I thought about this this morning when I dropped this on the floor. You know what? When we're playing in a band, we got to have everything together. We got to be in time. We got to be in tune. I don't know if you guys know what this is. This is an electronic guitar tuner, and so it's for folks like me. You go, I think that's right, but it's a guideline, right? What happens is when we put that on the end of my guitar and I hit a boom E, it'll say, "Hey, turn it this way until it's an E," right? It tunes us so that we will be. In oneness over here, in harmony, all on the same sheet, right? Well, that's what God's word does, but guess what's in our heart? The Holy Spirit does that. He tunes us to the word of God so that we're all on the same sheet. You know what I love? Uh, we have friends that come in from different churches and stuff and things like that. And they go, man, that's just so crazy. We went out to eat the other day. And the guy said, oh, you're a pastor. I said, yeah. He said, what did you preach on? And I told him. He says, this is amazing. He said, I talked to two or three other guys. It's the same theme. Wow. Isn't that something? Because I believe God is looking at the big picture and he's, he's feeding the word of God to his, his people and he's getting everybody on one accord. Amen? Isn't that amazing? Have you ever flipped through and somebody's preaching and go, oh, that's cool. And you flip through over there and they go, that's what he said. That's what she said. One accord. God works those things. It's not by surprise, right? But check that out. He wants us to be that instrument that can be used for what? His glory. It brings forth a kingdom benefit. And what I want to show us here. That as we grow deeper in that relationship, it still takes time reaching our full potential for the assignment that God has for us. This is a perfect example, guys. Textbook example right here. And I say it many times, but, but it's amazing because of the grace of God. We started out once a month. Every other week. Three times. Now four times, man. God was working in my heart about this. God's working in your all's heart about this, everything else. You know, we didn't just jump in and go, well, okay, we're going to do this now. Bless it. I was trying to listen to the Lord, you know, and God was preparing these messages and getting us stronger and things like that. I never did this every week. Never. We go 40, 50 places a year, but guess what? You can still do the same thing over here, but now it's something new all the time. So it takes time, it takes dedication, and all that things right there. And you know what? I wouldn't want to do it any other way. But God has graciously, what? Nurtured us to this point. And there's more to come. And each one of us, as a body, as a family, reaching out to the community, all those things. So what am I saying? It takes time to grow in that relationship to reach our full potential for the assignment that God has. There's an assignment that God has for you and you and you and you and him and her. And it may be different than mine. I can promise you that it will all work together in the end. 
But don't get so wrapped around when you're running the race going, well, he's got that, and she's got that, and then guess what? We're all over here. Off track. Man, focus our eyes on what God's given us to do individually and corporately and watch how he brings it right on up to the finish line in a mighty, mighty way. Amen. Got one more thing I want to share with you on this. It's an investment. It's an investment. We'll talk about a couple of investments. Time said, don't forget, you can put money in a treasure box back there. You can put prayer requests in the, in the box back there. Whatever, whatever it is, it's investment in the kingdom. Okay? Think about that. Investment. Sacrifice. Maybe sacrificing time, like cleaning up, doing some other stuff. Whatever it is. Because everybody's gifted in different areas and everybody's been blessed in different areas. But you know, God might just say, hey, I want you to do this this week. Or have you invited somebody this week? Okay, I'm, and I'm just pulling it right into what we do here. It may be something totally that uh, is not pertaining to church here today, but it might be God says, I want you to call that person in your family and set things right. I want you to invite them for Thanksgiving. Whatever it is, listen to the Lord. Spend time with the Lord. Write in that journal and see what God's showing you. All right? So it's a process as we grow, and it's challenging. And we all know it takes effort. If you're going to move forward in anything in life, it takes effort. If you're going to be good on the violin, you're going to put some time in on that. If you're going to be good at being a mechanic, it takes some time with that. Find out what that passion is that God's put in your heart and run with it. And do it for the glory of the Lord. And no no matter what's going on, when we see these things right here, it takes time to develop the potential in things. We don't do that on the sidelines. We do that Actively by engaging, right? So we need to participate. So we do have a part. Everybody say, we have a part. We have a part, absolutely. Because you're chosen for a purpose. I wanted to bring this home this way. Because sometimes I think it's good to pop that spiritual chalk line and say, hey, am I growing? Am I heading in the right direction? You know? Just a question. Don't have to raise your hand. Just I'm asking for each one of us. Have we grown in our relationship with the Lord in the last year? Have I grown in my relationship in prayer in the last six months? Have I grown in my worship over the last month? Those are indicators that we need to spend more time with God if it's, no, I really haven't. And even if you say I have, there's so much more for God, all right? So this is what I want to say right here. I'm going to start pulling this back to where Paul was coming from, and I'm going to fit us in in between. I'm going to sandwich this all together, okay? We want to evaluate our walk. I think one of the best ways to evaluate our walk is this. Are you fully persuaded? Are you fully persuaded? All right. Are you fully persuaded that God is working all things together for the good in your life? Because if you're not, you're going to waver. And you're going to let seeds of doubt come in. And you're going to build a wall between you and God's best. However, if we commit to that and we're persuaded that only good gifts come from God. That God has a plan for our life. That God's working all things together for the good. Even after we saw example after example after example in the word of God. From folks who went through a lot of stuff that I've never went through. And they said, he's faithful. Are you fully persuaded today that God is faithful in your life? Amen. Take a look at this. Are you allowing God to pull out the treasures he has planted in your life? I want you to think about that. Are you allowing God to prune and pull out the treasures in your life? Because there's a treasure in your life. There's a treasure in your life. Everybody here has something awesome to bring to the table. That's what I love about uh, Tuesday night small group. 
Man, when people open up and they start sharing, man, I just start writing notes. I go, man, I've never saw it that way. I've never seen it from that perspective. God starts working in their life and they bring things through their life experience that God has brought them through and they share that with the class and you go, whoo, why don't you preach next week? You know what I mean? Because I'm gonna tell you what, God is working those things. And I, I wanna go back to this again, tie it back in. Are you fully persuaded in the Lord? In the midst of our challenges, are we counting the blessing and viewing the things as Paul did? I try to set my mind up on Sunday morning that I'm not going to get mad when I drop something coming in here. That I'm not going to, you know, freak out if the, if the, if the mixing board don't work. That happens. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to get all wrapped around the wheel and let the devil just do this to me. So when I get up here, I go, I'm going to do that. I'm praying. And we pray before we get going. That's why we always start with prayer. Let us have the right mindset. Let us have the right heart to serve. Because when we come here, I want to come in here being a blessing. I want to be in tune, just like the guitar tuner, to what God's got for us, man. I want, I want the Spirit of the Lord to be flooding this place. And I'm just going like this, going, whoo, God's moving in here. It's not about me. I just want to be, I want to be holding on to the garment of God and watch Him move in here. That's what, that's what I'm talking about. He'll do it. Will He do it? You know he will. He will do it. Amen. Take a look at this. The last thing brings us back to the first thing. And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. I hope as we leave here today, we can say, you know, everything that went on today, good, bad, or indifferent, I'm going to use, I'm going to allow God to use in my life for the good to further the kingdom. Can we do that? Just set your hearts and your mind to do that. A lot of times, see what we do, we get all wrapped around the tough things and we look at the serving and the going and the growing and we go, oh my gosh, we don't even give God room to work. We get our heart so clenched, just like a fist. And we go, man, I just don't understand. I want to do this and I need to do that and I don't have time. Man, if I hear somebody don't have time, one more time, I'm going to do this. <laughs> it's crazy. You know, I don't have time. Guess what? You got the same 24 hours that I got. And I got the same 24 hours you got. We got to ask the Lord to prioritize our steps. Right? That's what I'm talking. That's a good word right there. I got to tell myself that. Mr. Robert reminded me, buddy, you're preaching to yourself first today. And I said, yes, I am. Because sometimes, man, I'm trying to juggle that calendar. And I'm doing all this. And I'm going. And I see somebody else. And they're getting all this done. And they go, hey, how you doing? I'm going, man, what's going on? And then I have to go back and kind of reset. I told Tanya, I said, I just need a mental reset button. You know? It's like, man, what's all going on? But you know what? Because when I let the things of the world and the schedule and the time, just like all of us can do. And the reason I'm sharing that, I'm no different than anybody else. Those things can start weighing on me. But I'm telling you the, the key that God's put in my life. When I turn around and evaluate my priorities with God, it's the reset. Just like he says, all the things working together for the good. You know, if you lose your keys, you know what? Who, who's to say that you weren't, you know, maybe you weren't supposed to go across a railroad track? I don't know. All right? I'm not getting all crazy on that. But, you know, work with it. Work with it. Because God is in control. Amen? A couple of more things here. Are we fully persuaded that the gospel message is worth it? Are we fully persuaded that the gospel message is worth it? See, I think when we, when we get fully persuaded on that, we don't mind sharing our faith. I remember after I got saved, 
Hey man, I was a back row guy, and I love back row folks. Don't say nothing, David. I ain't looking at you. You just have to, you know, because some people say he was looking right at me. I'm going like this all day. You know, <laughs> you know. I'm just saying that. You know, I mean, I would, I had the death grip on that chair back there, like ah, oh, sitting there like this. You know, and thinking, well, oh my goodness, you know, how in the world can God use me, man? What's going on here today? It's not a buddy thing. It's a God thing. It's a us thing. God thing. Yeah. It, it's, it's something, man. I'm, I got to keep moving. Breathe. I said, breathe, breathe. When I see the grace of God and the mercy of God having flooded out on my life and in the life of the folks here and see how you guys are growing and how you guys are faithful and how things are going and now we got a place and things going on like that. You know, it's amazing when I see folks that never been to church or here at church. Folks ain't been to church in a long time. They're here at church. A guy that never was a preacher is getting to preach. Man, that's a God thing. You know, and people ask you all these questions and, well, what about this? What about I said, I don't know. God just said do it. So we're doing it. And you know what most people say that's been in church for a long time? It's a good. I'm glad you didn't get ripped up, uh, mixed up in all that religion thing. God will use you if you keep walking like that. Woo! I'm excited today in case you noticed that because I know why because this I am persuaded that the gospel message is worth it I remember praying early uh, and I'm walking I said Lord give me a burden for those folks that are, that are lost man he answered that doing some street ministry and stuff I didn't want to get up at 7 o'clock and go to East End on a Saturday I was waiting for Denise to make something nice and say it's ready but you know what bigger picture Man, you know what? Was I a blessing to them? I hope so. But I can guarantee you this, they were a blessing to me. Man, when I started looking at things and they would share things just like we're talking about with Paul and all these things working together. You know, a lot of times we get the wrong perspective. Like I said, we think, you know, things are going to be A, B, C, D. It's not like that. It's not like that. But you know what? If we're trusting God, it doesn't matter how it stacks up. As long as he's in the midst of it. Is that he, is he the one building this thing? See, a lot of times we try to get together and we're thinking about planning and doing some stuff and God gives us an overview. But we're going to let God drive the bus because it's his church. We're just going to hold on. And we're going we're gonna to diligently seek him because he's given us the opportunity and the responsibility and the privilege. But what's bigger than that is, are we allowing God to move inside these walls so that we can take it outside these walls? That's the thing. Don't just don't don't just let them move in here. This is just this is just a building, wood stick and everything else, a little bit of glass. Let him move in your heart, so that when you go here, man, you you walking out of here, you go, my goodness, man. You know what? There's a lot of things going on in my life, but God's working them together, and I'm not the only one going through these things, you know. And so I just pray that God right now just pouring that stuff out over and over on us, you know. And I was thinking about this when I was writing that. And God's purpose for your life is just as vital to the kingdom. As it is for mine, his, hers, anybody else. I'm not Billy Graham. And that's okay. He didn't call me to be Billy Graham. He didn't call you to be me. He called you to be you. And you know what? That's what I would, if you don't take anything away. Let God work his miraculous love and mercy in your life. So that Christ rises up in you and is displayed in a way that only can be displayed in you. And you watch what happens. People say, my goodness, I didn't know uh, I didn't know God would work in somebody's life like that. Are you willing? Are you willing? Amen. Mm. The last thing 
me give you another example. A lot of you guys have heard this. A lot of, a lot of you guys know where Keeper Promise came from. It's not promise keepers, the big thing. It's from my buddy's dad speaking life into my life on his deathbed. And I go back to that all the time. I go, if that man could transform my life with some words when he's taking his last little bit of life, what can I do? What could I do if I was sold out on that? So I want to bring that to you. What could you do? If God says, hey, I want you to speak to that person today. I want you to encourage that person today. I'm going to tell you what. It could be a just, just, a, just an outbreak of the fire of the Lord. So I'm going to do something different today, guys. I'm going to ask you guys to stand. And we're going to pray together, okay? We're going to pray together. I want us to open our hearts. And I want us to raise our hands, okay? And we're just going to come together right here where we are. I just ask you to raise your hand. I don't care if you raise them like this, raise them like that or whatever. We're just going to seek the Lord corporately for a minute, okay? And Father, we ask you right now to just breathe on this congregation. To breathe on our lives, Lord. To breathe a freshness and a new on us. Lord, let us look at our situations totally different than we did when we came in. Because you transform us, Lord. Meet us here, right here. You say we're two or more gathered, Lord. There you are also. Lord, breathe on us, Lord. Father, you are an awesome God. You are amazing. Father, if there's salvation that needs to be here today, work on that heart. Because, Lord, we know, we tell them every week, Lord, what it takes to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. If that's you today, you just ask, Lord, Lord, come into my life and forgive me of my sin today, Lord. I want my name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Lord, I, I know I had the same questions in my life. What, what could you do with me? What am I doing here? You're here for a purpose. You're not here today by accident. I believe it's a divine appointment. And I just continue to ask the Lord to show us the mighty miraculous that he's doing. And Lord, I thank you so much that, that you are about healing. You're about salvation. You're about finances. You're about everything. Just like we said in the slide, you're about everything that we need and you're our provider. So I pray right here, right now, Lord. I just ask you guys just to pray on your own right where you are. Lord, fill this place with your presence each week. And not only just each week, but when we go, we take your presence with us into our homes, into our workplace, into our families, into this community to revolutionize the kingdom of God. Father, have your way with us today, Lord. Let us get a fresh start. Let us hear from you. In Jesus' mighty name. I'm going to ask you to continue to pray as we get ready to finish this last song. And I want you guys to think about the grace of God today. I want you to think about the goodness of God today. And I want us to continue to seek after Him. And I want you to see that sometimes those footprints are only one set. And I want you to understand it doesn't mean they're just yours. So many times we see that it's just the grace of God carrying us through that time. Remember that God's got the big picture. So as we look at that about this, I want to motivate us that God's refining us. He's investing in us as we rely on Him. I want us to understand that godly priorities are only found in God. Amen? I want us to know that, that our getting to our full potential takes time. It takes effort. It takes investment. Are you persuaded that God's worth investing in? Because He said you were. He said you were. And He showed it. And He delivered and you know what? It's a great thing to be fully persuaded in the Lord's and the love and grace of God because he will not leave you where you are. He loves you too much. He will grow you. He will heal you. He will strengthen you. And he will forgive you. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. All right.